Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Jay Gallegos. And today is a very special day because we have the opportunity to speak with a very special guest. And this is a returning guest, in fact. And honestly, it's a privilege and an honor to have such exceptional leaders, high-level thought leaders, and special guests on the podcast every single month just for you to inspire us and to continue helping us grow. And just before I present our guest today, allow me to mention that our goal together is to get one step closer and further along in becoming who God created us to be one step at a time so we can be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. A big thank you if you have taken the time to subscribe, if you've commented, rated, and or shared the podcast via your favorite podcast platform and or on social Take a moment and feel free to provide any feedback in the comment section on your go-to podcast platform. And this is how you can contribute and make a difference by making the podcast more accessible to others. Feel free to contact me via the link tree below. You can send me an email with any questions, topic suggestions, or even provide guest suggestions. If this is your first time with us, know that we drop a new episode bi-weekly in the form of a teaching the first Friday of every month. Then we'll spend some time with a very special guest on the following episode. And today I'm excited to share with you the great conversation I had with Samuel Wentworth. He is a UPCI's South Texas Spanish Youth Director, and I love his passion, his vision, his burden for young people and young adults. And today we touched a little bit on desensitization. We talked about how to reach others through relatability. We touched a little bit about the importance of self-awareness and a few other things that are going to bless your life and they're going to benefit your growth. And I hope it inspires you in every way. So as always, it is a pleasure to have you in my conversation with Samuel Wentworth. Brother Samuel Wentworth, it is great to have you on the podcast once again, my brother. How are you doing? Good. Praise the Lord. Good to be on here. Thank you for having me, Brother Gallego. Bro, it's such an honor to and, and a privilege to work alongside you and, and have had work with you in so many different events. Uh, you've, you've been on the podcast before, and actually it's a privilege to have you on more so because you were the very first uh, guest that we had on the podcast. You were the very first guest, and now to have you as a returning guest, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you. Uh, I love your ministry. I love what you do, your vision for young people. Um, the way that you empower other young people and include people as a team to work together and, and, and what you do is, is very, very impactful. I'm very appreciative of your life. Amen. Glad to be on here. And it's, it, that's crazy to think about. I, I can't even remember that was the first, bro. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You uh, the first. You've, you've done so much in the last, how, how long has it been? A year? A year and a half. Yeah. We're coming into August here pretty soon. So yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. So Man, that's awesome. A lot well, of I appreciate everything you're doing, brother, and all your help you do. Yeah, thank you. And and quite honestly, it's a learning process. We're learning every single time we're doing something like this. And also a lot has changed in your life since the very first time that, that you came on. And uh, if I remember correctly, you weren't a dad just yet the very first time that we spoke and we had you on the podcast. And now you are. And um, so God has blessed you in so many different ways. And and um I'm I'm happy to be able to see that from afar and, and be a part of it and work alongside you and your family. Yes, sir. Life changes, but we're we're in victory. So how are you managing that right now with a new parent life and ministry and everything moving so quickly? Um, you know, Bert, we love it. Um, it has its own challenges having a, a child and 
and uh, going through ministry, going through life with a family. It's it's a new new learning experience for sure, but uh, we love it. We've uh, we haven't let it stop us do what we love to do. Um, we we bring Bella everywhere that we go. Really, we took her. I think she's been on two flights already. We took her to Tennessee. Um, she went to uh, St. Louis. Um, with Sophia with the ladies conference. So uh, we love it, and uh, we're so blessed to have have a beautiful little girl. That's awesome, man. I love seeing that. So there was a there was several things that were on my mind that I wanted to talk with you about because I, I think your opinion is very very insightful, and your, your ministry is very very profound and you have such an influence on young people. And I love to see that. So it's, it's no secret that right now, some of the things that we've been experiencing either as Christians or even in this world, whether we're church or even unchurched, a lot of the things that we're noticing uh, changes in culture, changes in, in life in general, and a lot of the exposure to things in general that we see now are things that we didn't see before. And I was just wondering, I wanted to get your opinion on um, the growing population and becoming desensitized. And that could mean a lot of things. And that's a very broad question. That could be a very broad topic. But some of the things that have maybe stood out to you and said, hey, look, young people, whether you're churched or unchurched in general, that could help anybody. What are some of the things that maybe we should make other people aware of? Well, bro, um, it's a really good question. And honestly, for for our, our church and young people nowadays, it, it, it is really important. Um, we had Brother Negon this last week or so um, with our TYA conference and also at our own church. But uh, he told me something that I really loved. He said uh, he really wants to know uh, the times. And we really do have to be aware of uh, where we are uh, in culture, in biblical um, prophecy. But just to to open our eyes and see what is going on, I just learned, and uh, it is a little. Uh, it's something that may may conflict with certain people, but um, the new Barbie movie has uh, tones of homosexuality, transgenderism, and there are things that we should be aware of. And I I never I didn't watch the movie. I didn't uh, look into it, but. Uh, people told me about it. And I was like, "Oh, wow! I didn't, I, I, I didn't know that." So there, there's, there's certain things that we should look at. We should be aware of. Um, we should stay away from in our culture, and and um, entertainment's one of them, for sure. Yeah. Um, especially with children. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a dangerous time that that we're living in, and there's a lot of things that are just kind of hidden. They just tend to pop out out of nowhere, they tend to just kind of spring up and catch you by surprise. And my wife and I, we've had to learn quite a bit about these things just to be very careful. And, and what do you want to expose people to? What do you want to uh, expose your family to? And, and what I mean by being desensitized to it is just simply becoming accustomed to it, where the agenda is simply to make everybody accustomed to it and just make it normal, make certain lifestyles that are anti-biblical normal. And obviously, I mean, that's something that we have to fight against. So um, how do you tell people, how would you approach someone or how would you tell people, how would you communicate that someone needs to maybe consider living for God or getting close to God or maybe make some adjustments in their life 
when actually they see nothing wrong with the way they're living. And that can mean a lot of things. And I, I know that's another very broad question, but just for the sake of conversation, um, if somebody doesn't see anything wrong with their life, how do you approach someone to say, hey, look, God has something better. Well, what's wrong with what I have now? And if you invite mm-hmm. others to live for God, you know, how do, how, what is the, one of the way, best ways that we can approach something like that, either for young adults, young people, uh, or anyone in general? It, it's crazy because um, um, every time you go on a youth outing or you're, you're on a church event and you have young people um, from different family backgrounds or, or from, you know, different settings, different convictions, they come together to a spiritual event. You really, you really hit a kind of like a, a wall where you have to take a stand with the youth sometimes. And so you learn a lot during those times. Yeah. And the best, the best uh, thing that I like to do is um, always compare um, our lives to scripture. And um, whenever some, someone's life may be in sin or um, not according to scripture, um, we need to show them scripture and show them this is uh, how the Bible tells us to live. And this is how the Bible uh, encourages us to be holy as God is holy. And I, I feel like scripture is usually the best example and, and uh, way to look at ourselves to see how we should live. If you tell somebody you need to um, act a certain way without a proof or a without a sort of uh, lifestyle change, then uh, they're just going to say, well, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. But right. if you compare it to scripture, scripture is right no matter whose truth it is. Right. And that's something in our culture where everyone has their own truth. But if you compare it to scripture and say, that's the only truth, then it doesn't matter what you think or I think, it's what scripture thinks. Right, right. And so we should always compare our lives to scripture. And, and when we're trying to reach others, um, we we don't hate the person, we hate the sin, of course. And so yeah. we say it with love and we don't tell them, you're, you're wrong, the sin is wrong. You know, right. And so we, we tell them scripture tells us to do this and uh, we lead them into truth. And I feel like that's the best way in love, um, of course, to show them what the truth is to live a, a godly lifestyle and uh, to live a holy lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because from the unchurched point of view, looking in, there's a lot of views where maybe the, the church can be judgmental and can say, Hey, look, well, I, I don't want to get close to church. I don't want to get close to God or even church people because I'm going to be judged or because I'm going to be treated a certain way. And just to be quite honest, that's a, that's a general view of unchurched that I've seen, my personal opinion that I've noticed. And it's a common factor, a common denominator when you're talking to people about God and you say, well, the first question, well, can I, can I dress like this if I go to the very first time? Well, absolutely. Just come mm-hmm. and 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 receive the word be you're going to be treated just fine but what stands out to me is the fact that people feel just that general feeling well i'm going to be judged or i'm going to be and then that also comes that ties into your comment of not hating the person hating the sin or not disagreeing with the person but with the sin according to what scripture says and that's why i bring that up because there is that stigma and I think it's very important that as Christians, we don't become desensitized ourselves with being relatable to people, how to treat people, how to love on people. 
And that kind of leads me into the next thing that that I wanted to get your opinion on, get your thoughts on, and that's simply just becoming desensitized as Christians. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing to have so many generations, I guess you can say for the sake of conversation, purified. You have third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation, Pentecostal, apostolic Christians, believers, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And a lot of things have improved over generations and have have gotten better for families, better foundations, things have gotten better spiritually, better connection. However, when you live a certain lifestyle and you become so separated from the world and the customs of the world and you become separated from culture, now what happens is that you become, it could possibly be a thing I don't know. It can be where you become desensitized to the Christian living. And what I mean by that is that you can come to a service and maybe a person doesn't feel anything because now they're just nor- it's normal to them. Now you can't be relatable in certain cases because, well, I, I don't know. I-, I can't relate to the alcoholic. I can't relate to the drug addict. I can't relate to the, the unchurched in general. So how do we fight against mm-hmm. that? How do we maintain ourselves connected with God to where church doesn't become normal? Going to conferences doesn't become normal to us. It's normal, but in the sense to where we can still feel. It's normal because that's our lifestyle, yes, mm-hmm. but to where we don't lose the feeling and the connection with God. No, and I've been thinking about that too, brother, especially in our area of Houston. We have so many conferences. One thing I told my young people is just because you're in a spiritual environment does not mean you have a relationship with God. Because yeah. you can go to church, you can go to conferences, you can be around spiritual people, but if you don't personally have a walk with God and prayer and, and reading the Word of God and, and digesting the Word of God, are you really connected and are you in a walk with God? Like you said, becoming desensitized and just going through the motions um, and not knowing and being one with God. Um, a couple of things I think would help us is obviously a walk with God, connectedness. The Holy Ghost inside of us convicts us, helps us to um, make the right decisions, make holy uh, lifestyle choices. But I also believe um, being connected with um, our pastor, our leaders, our elders um, is one of the things that really impacts us. And uh, that's one thing I've learned from my pastors. Um, um, My dad, he was connected to the Dross. Um, when I was in Lufkin, Brother Collins was connected to Brother Kilgore, um, and my pastor, Burnett, he's uh, been connected with leaders, Brother Purdue, he's looked up to the leaders and Brother Kilgore. Um, and so having these connections of elders and, and leaders in your lives keeps those convictions, keeps those lifestyle choices, because they're going to keep you in check. Your pastor is going to keep you in check. Yeah. Uh, your elders in your life are going to keep you in check, but also the people around you. If, if you're around people that make ungodly choices, um, that are slacking in their walk with God, um, that's going to eventually um, transfer to you as a person. And uh, the more you stay around people that are, are passionate about the walk with God, that are striving to please God, then that's also going to reflect in your own lifestyle churches. We keep each other accountable. Right. And so with Brother Negrona, I was talking about this because... Um, I love conferences. I love, I love what we do, 
But besides the aspect of, you know, we, we, we are moved by the spirit of God. Um, what is another blessing because of it is we are able to work together in those settings. Um, I believe that it's helping our area of Houston to get connected, to collaborate together. I, I see so many young people outside of our leadership groups connected and uh, they're striving to do things together for God. And um, that's helping our area to be united and do things for God that maybe the leaders aren't, aren't doing wholly, but the uh, young people are, are getting a hold of that. And um, they're doing things um for God within each other's groups as well. Yeah, that's very interesting. And, and, and I love your response and thank you for that. So how can we help people that, or what would you say to someone who maybe have found themselves a little bit stagnant, whether that be in ministry, whether that be in their relationship with God in general, what can we tell someone that maybe finds themselves stagnant in a way to where they say, you know what, I've been serving whether that be on platform, whether that be in any kind of serving, that could be singing, preaching, uh, serving in, in different types of groups. And it says, and you get to a point, it's like, man, you know what? I, I feel stagnant and uh, I need to replenish the well. I need to refill a little bit. Mm-hmm. What can we tell somebody that maybe has found themselves struggling with stagnation? We had a good session on this uh, with Brother Burnett and he talked about David and David, um, he was able to go into the king's house. He played. Um, he had killed a giant. He um, he had he had done many great things in his life, but then he got to a point where he had to run away from Saul, and and it was a very low time in his life. But what kept him going was prayer, worship, and trusting in God that he had a purpose in his life. And so um, it was it was really impactful because. It doesn't matter what we're doing if we're in ministry, if we're serving in, in a church setting, if, if we're just have a, have a hard working lifestyle, we all need to replenish our will. And so doing that yeah. through prayer, doing that through worship, having a walk with God, it, it's very vital because you need to fill your cup as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you've ever felt this before, but I experienced this a few years back. This was maybe about five, six years ago. And I don't know if you've ever been through this before where you're, you're doing what you feel called to do. You're preaching, you're leading in, in, in a very high level. You're, you're, you're leading people, leading people to Christ. You're doing what you're called to do. And then you get to a point where it says where you can maybe ask yourself or maybe even ask God and, and say, is this it? Is this all that you have for me? Or is this all that I'm going to do? Or is there something more? Have you ever been through that? And or if you have, how have you broken through that? And what helped you through that process? I have actually. And uh, it's funny to look back at because God always does have a plan. After Bible college, I knew God had a purpose and a plan for my life. I wanted to be in ministry. I wanted to be um, in working in God's kingdom. But it's always that uh, that time in between, that that season where God is changing yeah. uh, where you're at, where it's uncomfortable. And it's okay because um, whenever, I believe it was uh, Samuel, every year his mother would come and bring him a coat. And um, 
it was always usually a, a, a bigger coat. Sometimes the coat that you're going into or the position or, or the season life they're going to is bigger than you think, or there may be an uncomfortable period, but it's for you to grow in. And so in that period of, of uncomfortableness, um, where, where you're not sure where you're going or, or you're not sure what's going to happen next, um, you have to learn to step into that and trust in God. That, that was the biggest thing in my life, trusting in God. And just allowing him to lead my next step, seeking him in prayer. And um, in the end, God works it out for our good. Um, when we put his will first, his purpose in our lives, trusting him to lead us. Um, he's led me through through many big decisions in my life. Uh, moving to Houston was one of the big decisions. And we trusted in God to lead us in, in, in that decision. So I would encourage any young person, seek God, talk with your pastor. Trust in him through the process and continue to, to give your best to the will of God in your life. Because when you put God first, he'll, he'll lead you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that really helps us out a lot is just general self-awareness. I think general self-awareness of where we are, where we are with God, where we are in our character, where we are as a person, it carries a lot of advantage. It carries a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. And one of those simply just being... Uh, the fact that you have self-awareness, you know exactly what to work on. You know exactly where you need help as a person, as a character, you know where you need to improve. And I think that honors God. I think that honors God in totality. So what did, what did example could you provide where you've seen like, hey, look, we need to maintain a good level of self-awareness. How have you seen this important to continue communicating that message? Like we started the conversation, brother. Um, we have to be self-aware of our culture, but of ourselves as well. And um, I prayed, you know, as a as a young leader, as a, as a as a young minister, how can I impact my generation uh, where I'm at? And so that's always yeah. been my prayers: is I want to make an impact, but how can I do that where I'm at? And so God's given us, you know, uh, different abilities, talents, and and He's allowed us to have our experiences so that we can impact the people around us um, with what God's done in our lives. And so uh, being aware of your, your strengths, your weaknesses, um, if, if you're talented in music, if, if you're a good speaker, good with talking with people, understanding where God has given you those talents and abilities, invest in those, um, strengthen your weaknesses um, in your walk with God, and give those to God and invest those. I see a lot of uh, young people sometimes giving those talents to a culture or a a business mindset to yep. use it for gain. And right. you have to be self-aware as well in that aspect. What am I doing with what God has given me? Right. Am I using it for my own personal gain or am I using it to bless God's kingdom and spread his truth? And um, so that, that, that can look like many different things. Um, it, it's not just in, in the church or in ministry. If God's giving you uh, uh, an ability to educate yourself, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, um, to impact your, your setting, your culture in that area, then, then that's where you need to invest in bringing God into the mix. Yeah. And we believe that being filled with the Holy Ghost is, is primary. That's important. That's huge. And that represents us uh, with God in us, right? So with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in us, we believe also that we, we have the ability to do things through God. 
God gives us the ability to do things that yeah. we can't do on our human, on our human power, on our human strength, or even knowledge. God can take the simplest person, fill them with the Holy Ghost, and you see them do extraordinary things, right? So in your opinion, what is your personal superpower? I'm, I'm going to phrase it that way in a very general way, just for relatability. But what would you say that the Holy Ghost empowers you to do? So uh, we were talking about this before the, the yeah. podcast. And uh, we can relate superpower to a gift of the Spirit which uh, is uh, prophesying, gifts of healing, uh, gifts of speaking their tongue, gifts of interpretation. And um, there's, there's certain areas I, I feel like God has used me. But then we can also relate uh, superpowers to maybe a talent or ability. So in, in my personal uh, life, I, I feel like one of the things God has given me as far as an ability is, is persistence. And... Uh, I wouldn't say I'm very talented in, in one certain area. Uh, music, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I, I love worshiping. I, I, I do my best to learn and uh, to give my worship to God, but I wouldn't say I'm the best. Um, but persistence, I feel like God has allowed me to, to move forward no matter what, what has happened in life, uh, to keep going, to, to keep learning, um, whether it's um, some type of, Media, production, music, prayer, studying, um, leading, it, it gets uncomfortable at times. But if you're persistent, yeah. um, you can eventually get to where you want to be. And so yeah. that's one ability I feel like God has, has helped me to, to continue in and, and, and be persistent. Man, that's powerful because if you have persistence, man, there's no quitting in you and there's no giving up in you. And I've seen that. I've seen... You behind the scenes, planning events, planning conferences, kind of going, going through the planning phases of different events that you've hosted for the district. And I've had the privilege of seeing that from the background. And I'm very observant. I'm very observant. I, I, I see everything. I, I see body language. I see people's expressions. And I see how they react to certain things. And, and the calm and collectedness that you have through a stressful situation is unmatched in my opinion, pe people that I've worked with and people that I've seen. Only God, so, brother. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree, bro. You, you, you hit it right on the head. That's your superpower. Just being just tenacious and brave and, and, and going head first. So we know that there's a lot of young people that have a lot of questions. We know there's young people, young adults that, that are probably asking more questions than ever before. And I love that. I love taking questions. I love being able to sit at a round table, conversating with people one-on-one, -on -one, like here with you today. And thank you, by the way, for sharing your time and being very gracious with, with uh, your, your, your time with us here today. I know it's going to bless a lot of people and I know they're going to share it and it's going to be a blessing to their life. So with the questions that come, a lot of those questions, maybe within young people say, well, what is my superpower? Where is my gifting? I've been doing this for X amount of time. I'm this old, whatever the case may be, I've experienced this, this or that. And maybe somebody finds themselves in a place where it says, well, I feel that I'm not gifted. What can we tell somebody to encourage them today or whenever they hear this? Maybe they're in a gym, they're in a treadmill, maybe they're on the way to work, maybe they're at work, and maybe they find themselves in a season where they're questioning their gifting. Well, I would tell any young person, any, any uh, person in church that um, is maybe looking for that gift or purpose in, in their walk with God is to just give your time to God and he will give you the necessary talents, the necessary um, 
abilities that you need to do his will. And like I was talking about persistence, it, it was with the power of the Holy Ghost, with his presence in my life, I feel like he's helped me to persist in, in every area of, of uh, ministry, life, to, to see his will be done. But when you, when you have that desire to say, Lord, I want your will be done in my life, and I want to pursue your will, I want to pursue um, your purpose for my life, your purpose for this world, this generation, God's going to give you those talents and abilities. If you have, if you have a desire to, if you see a need in your church, if you see a need in your youth group, they need a musician and they need a, a guitar player. Start learning guitar. Yeah. Do your best. Fill that need, and God will give you the ability and the talent to fill that need because there's a need. Uh, same thing with the gifts of the Spirit. God gives us the gifts for the edifying of the church, and when we are willing to give God our our lives when we're willing to let God use us, he's going to use us in the area that he needs to do his will in the church. Right. And so my best advice, my best encouragement for the youth in this generation is fill the needs in your church. Talk with your pastor. Um, look at your own life. Be self-aware of where you're at in your walk with God. Give your best to his kingdom. Give your best to him and he will lead you. He will give you the necessary talents, abilities, whatever you need in these last days to make his will be done. Absolutely, man. Fantastic answer, man. I, I love talking with you always, whenever we talk offline in private, uh, I, I feel inspired by your life, man. And I, I really do just the way that you pursue God, the way that you influence others, the way that uh, the way that you drive and just your vision and your, your burden for young people. I love to see that. And I love to see young adults, young, young ministers that are still passionate about doing that. And then not only just simply growing within themselves, but really influencing others and inspiring others to take it to the next level and say, Hey, look, don't stay there. Like this may be a season of questioning or wondering, but don't stay there. Like reach for the next thing and continue serving God for the next level. So. One of the things that I wanted to also touch on before I let you go is relatability. And we kind of grazed around it here with the topic that we were just on. But how can we continue to influence the young people in a way where they say, hey, look, we need to be relatable to people that are unchurched. They're friends in school. Right now they're in summer. Uh, at the time of this recording, at least they're in summer and they're going to go back to school here pretty soon. How can we prepare our young people, our young adults that are maybe they're still in college? That has a different schedule, of course, but how can we continue to influence them to say, hey, look, even though that others around you have a different lifestyle, we can still be relatable and find a way to reach them and win them for God? Yes, sir. And, and, and that's a good question. To be relatable also means to connect. Right. We don't want to be relatable to the world in a sense where we're doing the same things they're doing. Good. But on the human level, uh, we all have a need and we can relate to anyone because we all have a need to have Christ and Jesus in our lives, to have the void filled in, in our lives, to be connected with God. And so I feel as a, uh, as a Christian, as a, uh, as a young man in, in my walk with God, we can relate with anybody because we all need Jesus. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter if you're from, another nation, another tongue, it doesn't matter what walk or, or, or culture you're from, there's going to be a need in your life and God can fill that need. Yeah. 
And so I don't feel like we need to relate to everyone on the, on the level of, you know, are, are, do you like this or do you like that? Profit it this way, become things to all men. We can become friends with them. If you like trucks, Hey, I love trucks. We live in Texas. Yes, sir. But how can I relate that to our need with God? Eventually right. in, in, in your friendship with somebody, you're going to relate with them on some level. You know, I, you love sports. Hey, I, I love, I love playing sports. I'm not, I'm on a, I'm not, I haven't been in organized sports, but uh, you know, I just love basketball, you know, on that level, we can relate. But if, if, if you're talking about, you know, um, Hey, would you want to come to a party with me? Do you want to come to the bar with me? I'm sorry. You know, I can't relate in that way, but we can relate to people on a sense of, on a human level, that what do we like? What do we don't like? And then when there's a need in their lives, you can relate to them with the need that they need Jesus. And that's happened to me loads of times. Whenever I was working in a restaurant during Bible college, um, they would, they would always talk to me about, you know, what they like, what they don't like. But then whenever someone was going through a turmoilist time in their relationship or doing drugs, they were having a hard time, came to work crying and really distressed. Um, I was able to give them what I had to fill that need. And I, I prayed with them. And so on a personal level, we can bring what Jesus has given us to other people's lives. And that's the beauty of it. Jesus, he ate with sinners, he ate with publicans, with tax collectors, and everyone made fun of him. But he said, I'm bringing the need to them. Yeah, Their lifestyle may be wrong, but I can still connect with them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the reason why I brought you this question, because I knew that you were going to bring wisdom and and I knew that you were going to break it down. And the first thing that I think about as, as you were, as you were talking is there's different levels of relatability. Of course, there's different levels. There's a level of where you're relating to their lifestyle and doing the same thing that the things that we preach against and, or, uh, lifestyles that we don't agree with according to scripture, but then you're relating mm-hmm. to just simply daily top daily things, you know, preferences, likes, dislikes, and you're relating to people that way as an, and you use that as an open door. And that's why I brought it up because I, I feel my personal opinion that there may be young people that confuse the two. Well, maybe relatable to them may feel as if, well, I need to be doing the, thing, the things that you're doing or maybe buy into the ideas, cultural ideas and mentalities, ways of thinking that you're following. But that's not necessarily true. And you hit it right on, right on the head because you can use your relatability with general surface level things to open the door, soften the ground and then plant the seed. Because I've learned here recently, and I was having a conversation with my nephew here uh, this past weekend about this. And whenever the, the soil is not prepared to receive a seed, then how else are you going to plant? So using your relatability can be right. a source and a way of softening that ground. And, it's, and I love what you said about the need. Because when there's a need, obviously there's a wide open door where we can accept, we can be receptible to the gospel and be receptible. And then through that need, maybe you don't, maybe you're not experiencing that need right now, but maybe you can connect with someone because you've experienced that need before and you see yourself in other people and then you can express, express empathy and compassion and and then go from there. And I love that, man. I, I love the, I love the answer. And I want people to really grasp that today, being relatable through a need and surface level preferences and not the cultural lifestyle. So before yeah, I let Jesus you go, said, bro, well, go ahead, go ahead. We've all, 
come short of the glory of God. We right. can relate to anybody because we've all come short of the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything more that you want to share on that? You know what, brother? Um, I feel like our, our young people these days, um, we're, we're moving in a direction where we're going to see more, more people collaborating to see revival, to see God's work happen in, in, in our culture and our generation and everything we talked about today, just being aware, um, working to, on those talents, abilities that God's giving you, searching for God's purpose in your life. That's only going to expand what God's going to do in our lives. Um, but one thing I want to leave, I want to mention. Yeah. There was a prophecy that was given in, in uh, Azusa Street, and it's something I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about. But uh, there's prophecy given that said in the last days, um, there's going to be more focus on the power of God than on the righteousness of God. There would be more focus on the gifts than on prayer. And um, those are areas where I feel like we lack in. And everything we've talked about today, self-awareness, um, desensitizing ourselves all goes back to our relationship with God in prayer. And I would encourage every young person, you need to form a foundation in your walk with God of prayer, of Bible reading, because that's going to be what forms you. That's going to be what pushes you to find God's will in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to give you the space, bro, to for, for the next two things, before I let you go, uh, I said I would be respectful of your time and I want to keep my word to you. So one of those things is, what is your primary vision that you want to influence into this generation of young people and have them strive for today? What is the one thing or maybe a few things that you want to mention and say, through my life, I want to influence this into the next generation right now? I would say it's a desire to serve. And um, not to be the one on on the stage. I think, especially because of our culture, everyone wants to be in front of a camera, or everyone wants to be in front of uh, the the masses, or in front of you know everybody. Uh, especially because of social media. But we need people that are willing to serve not only in our churches, but serve others to 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 live in a way that impacts other people's lives aside from our platforms. We need people that evangelize. We need people that can give Bible studies. We need people that can serve our generation to lead them to Christ. And so my vision, and one thing um, I want to impart to anyone that comes comes in contact with me is, was I a leader that served or was I a leader that just wanted to be in the spotlight. Yeah. And so that's what I would like to communicate what I would want anyone, anyone that comes to contact with me. Is he had a heart of a servant, but let's, let's serve. Let's, let's live for God. Let's, let's give everything that we have for the kingdom of God, whether I'm, I'm a leader, whether I'm not a leader, whether I'm on the platform, whether I'm cooking or, or washing the bathrooms, I just want to serve. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And further, Further the mission, further the gospel, uh, as further as we can. I, I know you've, you've shared that with me, and I feel that when I'm around you, and I see that. And, and it's a very powerful tool whenever, and you know that it's genuine, whenever somebody expresses that very same thing that you just shared without having to say it, and you, and you, you, mm-hmm. 
you share that with your life. You, you, you radiate that, that servanthood. And I love that about you. And I, and I want other young people to influence that and to really take after that. And it's great to be on the platform. It's great to have the opportunity for a spotlight, but see it as a tool. See it as a tool and, and not something to mm-hmm. advance yourself or your image, but his image. So I love that about you, bro. And one okay. last thing, and we can go ahead and close it out after this. Some of the events that are going on in the South Texas district. So there's some new conferences that, that, that just came out that maybe we want others to hear about. We want them to participate in and bring it to their churches or uh, be aware of them and or what's coming up in the later part of the year for South Texas. Yes, sir. So um, locally, we just had TY, which is uh, called Texas Youth Alliance. And uh, the visions for that um, were started from Brother Burnett, Brother Moreno, and Brother Torres to unite churches um, across districts and uh, have an event that uh, people could go to. This year, it was mostly because a lot of people couldn't go to NYC that we knew. Um, but if it continues to go, we'd, we'd love to collaborate with other churches, include other um, organizations or even independent churches, our oneness, and uh, see that same revival that we're talking about across Texas. In our district, we have um, a hyphen conference. And it's a Spanish hyphen conference called Enlace in November. Uh, I believe it's 17 and 18. So that's coming up, and uh, there's some some big news coming up soon regarding that. So uh, keep updated on our South Texas District Youth pages, uh, South Texas Holiness, and uh, we're excited about what's going to happen there. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing the wisdom and opening up your heart. And um, uh, I love your family. I love your church. I love everything that you guys do in there. And I know you're very impactful and you guys are continuing to serve and, and, and spreading the gospel and uh, bringing people to Christ. And I want to thank you for that. Yes, sir. You as well, Berga. Thanks for having me on here and everything that you do for helping our, our district and our, the youth conferences that we're involved in. I'm looking forward to continue doing that with you and seeing what God does. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I know that a lot of people are probably going to be sharing this conversation. It's going to be beneficial to them, to their growth to their walk with God. And I hope that it inspires somebody at the end of the day, simply being able to conversate with others and those conversations cause convictions and have no idea how impactful that can be. So thank you for that. And I know it won't be the last time. So you touched on some things that we're going to say maybe for, for another time about serving and so many other topics that inspire us to continue growing and getting close to God. So we'll save that for another time. But for now, thank you so much for being with us, bro. We love you. We appreciate you. And, um, See you on the next one. Amen. God bless you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find links where you can connect with Samuel Wentworth. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so simply by leaving a good rating, a review, or even share it on social media. And that would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. In the description below, you will find the links where we can connect. You can also visit my blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspire.org. That's inspired, the number two, inspire.org. And for now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer and becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.